Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I am Brad. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate that. Hope your day is going well. Have you uh, spotted any monoliths out there? Uh, Seems like 2020 is going to be the year of the monolith, along with all the other craziness that we've seen. They're just popping up all over the world, right? I, I don't know... What do we think about this? I mean, obviously, uh, they appear to be man-made, at least some of them, but I had no idea there was so many. And maybe we just got like a, this copycat effect going on, but um, I, everybody, of course, is familiar with the ones, or at least I was, um, with the ones in Utah. There's one in Utah, uh, I think Colorado has one, but I, I looked up the definitive list for monoliths in uh, in 2020, and we have had all over the world. We're talking Africa, Europe, um, the UK, and several locations. And in the states, I, I had no idea that there were so many. Here in Texas, we had one in El Paso. Uh, even my home state of Arkansas has a monolith now. <laughs> And, uh, of course, this all makes me think of uh, 2001, you know, the space odyssey. Because when the monolith appeared there, it was a sort of a sign or a an instrument of, uh, of evolution, you know, in the, in, at the beginning of the movie. Which, so such a great movie, right? Stanley Kubrick. But the... But the monolith at the beginning of the movie is just uh, something that the the early primates started gathering towards, and they would sort of just be around it. And all of a sudden, they started having these explosions in evolution. You know, they started using tools and weapons. And who knows? Maybe this is uh, just a way for us to try to evolve past all this craziness that we've had this year. But yeah, they're all over the place. We got some in uh, Florida. Um, Where is this? Westside Park in Gainesville. Um, Michigan uh, was found on Lansing. Yep. Um, New Mexico, North Carolina, D.C. Washington, D.C. even had some. Uh, Just all over. Um, Looks like all together... There's probably been about 25 or 30 monoliths, and that's just in the last... Since This is all since November, which I just find... I don't know. I can't explain it. I, uh, I don't think that it's like the uh, 2001 film where it was some sort of alien force that put it here. I think people are just, uh, you know, trying to have as much fun as they can, right? Just to put monoliths all over the world. It did get me watching the film again, which I rewatched it, and uh, man, what a great movie. Um, Stanley Kubrick, this probably is one of my favorites of his. It's like every shot of that movie could be like a, uh, you could just take a still frame of any shot in, in any of his movies, really, but especially 2001, and you could print that up, frame it, and it would be just this beautiful uh picture and it seems like that would be a painstaking process and um I I just don't see this a lot in cinema anymore maybe Ari Aster he does a lot of that um but uh yeah it's sort of the opposite of the shaky handheld cam um I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of that genre but uh I think M. Night Shyamalan had one that was pretty decent um but uh, most of the time, it's I prefer the the cinematic shots. But yes, I uh, I really hope that these monoliths are going to offer some sort of, uh, of evolutionary jump for us. Because boy, could we use it? You know what I mean? It's getting a little little crazy out there. I uh, changing things up a little bit over the next few episodes, and uh, I hope you like it. I've got a very special guest today. I actually hit the record button. If you listened to last week's episode, it was pretty much all about how I, uh, you know, just dropped 
the proverbial ball on uh, on my interview with Jimmy. I shouldn't say interview. It was it's more of a conversation. You know, Jimmy and I have known each other for gosh, what is it now? Thir- close to thirty years. Uh, we met in San Marcos outside of a d- duplex. He was playing his guitar, and I immediately you know, went over to introduce myself and realized, wow, this, this guy's good. You know, he was the first, um, person that I knew that actually wrote their own songs. And it, it kind of inspired me. Meeting him was, uh, a pivotal point for me. And in a lot of ways he is, uh, he's helped me with this show quite a bit. You know, since I started it, he will send me ideas, uh, for episode ideas, things like that. And uh, I think he's probably responsible for at least four or five episodes that I have so far. And he recently contacted me about the mental health benefits of microdosing with magic mushrooms or the psilocybin. We're not trying to tell people to go out and use illicit drugs, but this is just a conversation about what the potential of these could mean for mental health, for all kinds of things, PTSD, um, depression, anxiety. And I'll be honest, when he first sent me, you know, the video on it, and he said, hey, you should do an episode about this, I was kind of reluctant because you hear all those horror stories, you know, about hallucinogens. I don't have any experience, so I don't know, but... um, you, you just hear all those things like, oh my gosh, if you do more than three hits of acid in your lifetime, you'll go insane. <laughs> and uh, after looking into this topic and kind of, um, you know, finding out the facts, uh, nothing could be further from the truth. This episode is my monolith, okay? I, I'm trying to raise the collective IQ uh, along with the, the help of Jimmy here, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. You went to San Francisco recently, though, right? You checked out another coffee shop there? Or? Yeah. So, yeah, we uh, actually went to Francis Ford Coppola's uh, restaurant, uh, which is Cafe Zotro, and had a um, a highbrow coffee there. It was, uh, it was it was very nice to have that change of pace from my normal um, takeaway coffees yeah. to actually just sit and and, uh, and enjoy the moment. So what are they, is it just like regular drip? They do a pour over, or is it like espresso? What do they do there? Oh, I don't. I don't think of those terms in coffee. Okay, it's, all right. it's coffee for me. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't I'm, mean to. I'm not on your level. Man, I came off as a as a real big uh, jerk there, didn't I? <laughs> just a bougie coffee snob. <laughs> well, you know, uh, caffeine really isn't uh, isn't what we're here to talk about today. Anyway, we're we're talking about another kind of chemical uh, we want to talk about. And it, it's interesting, before I get into it, uh, Jimmy has been like a shadow producer for me. You know, he would, he's been sending me episode ideas for, gosh, ever since I started. I think you, you're responsible for at least four or five episodes. And I just kept, you know, at him, just nagging him, you know, like a little chihuahua, like, hey, why don't you come on the show? Why don't you come? And so finally, um, I got him to do it on this one. And and you were always sending me, you know, interesting videos about how people are microdosing with mushrooms, the psilocybin. And I I found it really fascinating. Um and it, apparently people have been using mushrooms for 6,000 years in human history. Well, yeah, they they've been growing out of the uh out of the earth for uh you know, for, for quite a long time. And so, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you go back to like the fifties and sixties, we were actually, we, as, as in humans were, uh, we were actually using this and uh, as a form of therapy. Mm, Yeah. Uh, and, and it was going so great. Uh, there are so many, uh, tests and, and studies back then, um, that, 
was suggesting or not suggesting proven actually mm-hmm. that um that this is a chemical that can um and i think they were working mainly with lsd uh, but also with uh, psilocybin but right. this was these are chemicals that could actually uh, get people to quit smoking um huh. you know they were antidepressants yeah uh, yeah, yeah. The list goes on, and uh, you know whatever problem you can think of, it seems that they were showing that uh, here's a chemical or here's a substance, and I hate to call it a drug. It's just it grows from the earth, so I, I don't understand how that could be classified in the same category as as um, cocaine or, or right, any of yeah. those, uh, even alcohol, um, and so. Well, I, I guess cocaine comes from leaves, but it's it's processed in a way. Yeah, um, it's not in, in, in it its where, whole format or the whole uh, you know food format, right? No one's sitting there getting right. high off coca leaves, just chewing on them. I don't think. Right, um, but with with psilocybin, um, it, it was it, it seems to be something that um, you know if we would have kept on with that research back in the the fifties and sixties. And, and then of course the seventies, uh, when Nixon came in and, um, and kind of essentially just shut down all the research that was happening, huh. uh, because of, um, I, and, and, you know, it was, it was, a, a blowback to, uh, you know, against people like Timothy Leary. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and the whole, he kind of had an ax to run- grind with those folks, right? Yeah, and that, and in fact, I think Timothy Leary at one point, I think Nixon had called him the most dangerous man in America uh, uh, wow. because he was promoting uh, LSD hmm. and, and and magic mushrooms, and and it was I think really a detriment to uh, to humanity because now we're starting to see that as the research starts to become. Um, fluid again we're starting to see a lot more research uh coming out now and suggesting that that these uh that mdna um uh, which is ecstasy uh psilocybin lsd all these things that we just thought were so dangerous in the past that we Mm -hmm. grew up being told were dangerous are actually uh chemicals that can um that can actually treat people in a much more efficient and safer way than, uh, you know, the pharmaceuticals out there right now. Absolutely. Because, you know, I've looked into this a little bit, you know, getting ready for uh, having you here. And the science behind this is really interesting because what, what psilocybin does is it binds to serotonin receptors in the brain, but it does so without harming them because SSRIs... Uh, apparently cause uh, scar tissue on those receptors. And the amazing things, it's just like um, (laughs) nature did a copy and paste with serotonin and it's growing all over the world. (laughs) uh, It's just, uh, it's almost like we were supposed to do it. You know what I mean? It, it, the thing that I find most interesting about it is that part of what happens is that it increases activity in the visual cortex, but it decreases activity in what they call the default mode network. Right. And this is like who we are pretty much. You know, this is like where we lose the ego, I guess. Um, Because that default mode network, you know, I don't have a lot of experience uh, or any experience, I should say, with, um, with psilocybin, but I do have experience with the subconscious mind. And I really think there is a strong connection between psilocybin and accessing your subconscious mind because it gets you past all of those um, programs that you learn, you know, when your childhood, when you're seven years old and you're in that theta brain state and you're basically just downloading all the programs. Right. And those programs um, are telling you who you are at that at that time. And then once you start having different brain waves, once you get into, you know, eight, nine, ten and, and a teenager, um, 
what you remember about yourself is what you went through in your first seven years. Mm, and, yeah. and that's who you think you are. And so I could tell myself, you know, I'm, I'm a Texan, you know, because I came yeah. from Texas. And, and if I grew up, you know, I, I went to church as a child. I grew yeah. up in a Methodist church. Um, you know, people, even as adults, start to believe that they're Methodist or, or Catholic. Um, maybe they are, but maybe it's just something that's been so ingrained in them right. that that's who they think they are. Um, and, and I would never knock anybody's religion. Um, but at the same time, you have to, I think, yeah, we all have to look at what we believe and um, see if what we believe is really true. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's what Marcus Aurelius said, right? An unexamined life isn't worth living. So right, exactly. you've got to look in the and, mirror. And I, yeah. And I, I think that's what, what happens when you, uh, you know, you were talking about the default mode network and, and the ego, and that's exactly what seems to happen. And I know that's what's happened to me. Um, if you don't mind, I'll go into a little bit of my experience. Um, with with mushrooms because this is the reason why i i kept sending you information about it and saying you <laughs> right. gotta you gotta research this stuff and you gotta have a, a podcast on it it's, it's it's really important and um you know i'm a firm believer in um in in psilocybin and, and um you know i i i, I very much had an ego um uh, very a debilitating one to where it would get right. got in the way of, of all my relationships, most of my relationships and um, my choices that I was making in life. And as you know, back in college, I was a big drinker mm -hmm. um, to a point where it was, it was debilitating um, an alcoholic, if you want to call it. Um, yeah. And at the beginning, at the, at the end of last year, so in December of last year, I, I, got a hold of some uh some mushrooms capsule form so i you know i was told that they were 0.2 grams and this is what constitutes a, a microdose okay so uh, a microdose is i can ingest mushrooms but not have those um cliched effects so in other words i'm not seeing the mall the, the wall melting before right. me or uh strange creatures in the corner of the room or anything like that. Um, in fact, I'm able to go about my day in a very, uh, in a very typical way. So I can drive, I, I can, um, I can have conversations with people and I would say more productive conversations with people huh, interesting. Uh, because I, I, I'm, I'm more at ease yeah. at a certain, um, and, and I, you know, I can't tell you exactly when, everything kicks in, but it seems to, it, it seemed to me to be, um, uh, kind of, you know, you know, I can't say whether it's instant or not, but it just, I, I at some point, you know, after taking it for uh, a couple of days, it just, I, I did, I had this feeling that everything was kind of changing hmm. and, um, and certainly now December. So a year later, uh, and I've only I've only had I've only taken it a couple times throughout this year. So it, yeah, that's and that's the beautiful thing about it. With alcohol, you know, you're drinking and drinking and drinking. You know, it's it it's doesn't never stop. enough. Yeah, right. It's never enough. With mushrooms, if I if I can't get a hold of something or some of it, or, or if I just don't have the money for it, mm -hmm. I'm okay. And and what I found is my perspective on life has changed uh, a complete um, 180 on on and, and I don't even know who that person is that mm. and, you, and some of this is maturity because I've been working on myself for a while and I've yeah. gone through I've told you about all my episodes with um, with meditation so that yeah. certainly helped uh, but when w this year was when something clicked in me mm. And I no longer had to get angry. Um, I no longer had to have the upper hand on people. Um, I no longer had to argue with people. Yeah. And uh, it's been such a, yeah, it's such a beautiful year for me. 
2020. Wow. Uh, the best year of my life, I would say. Good uh, for you. In many man. respects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. well, what, I've, what I've heard reported, so is that what happens is that these different regions of the brain, so they, they don't normally talk to each other. You know, it's sort of like having an orchestra in the brain, but none yes. of the sections are aware of the other ones. And so what I've found out here is that basically it's like having a conductor into, into the orchestra. And also that these, these different sections actually start talking to others and people have reported having, you know, these new solutions to old problems. Would you say that's kind of what you've experienced? Um, I have not found an answer to my problems. Uh, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, at this point, they're still here. Uh, but the great thing is that I, I don't have problems. Um, mm. Well, how about that? It, it, it's a, it's another way. And and you know my situation. Uh, you know, on, on paper, um, at the moment, I'm I'm in a very bad place right mm. now, and I, I yeah. can't think of. There's certainly nobody else in my circle of friends who comes close to the depth of where I am right now. I'm, yeah. I'm at a very low place, but I'm smiling the whole time. Just about, I would say 95% of the time. Um, I, I just can't be phased. Huh. Um, and I, I think that that's the important thing is it again, the, the change in perspective. And so you're usually doing a microdose like the, 0.2 grams. Uh, what's the most that you've done? 1.5 grams, which is, uh, if you put that into perspective, five grams is uh, what's called a, a hero's journey. Yeah. And that's the mm -hmm. one that you always hear about where you're just going into another realm. Um, and I did 1.5 and I started to, uh, I got kind of a peek at what um, a much larger dose would be like. Yeah. Um, and not only that, and, and I got this with meditation as well, is that you start to see that there's something else going on here huh. in, in this world, in this life, that, you, you know, you always thought that this was just all physical matter. And um, we were just people, you know, yeah. you, me, and, and, and I, th I think what meditation and um, psychedelics does is it tears down that uh, that view of the world. Interesting, uh, yeah. To where I, I just that I can no longer relate to that anymore. Hmm. To that sort of uh, thinking of how we're all separated. There is very much a a, a unification uh, sort of way of looking at things where where. When I look at you, I know that there's something that's connecting us to. Right. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, the strangers on the street. Hmm. And therefore, I, I can't get mad at anybody. I get, you know, I can, you know, I find myself forgetting every once in a while. But then I snap back into place and I realize that this person has gone through their, their trials just like I have. Wow. Um, and there's something there that that connects us, and I don't know what that yeah. is, uh, but I, I see myself in every in everything that I that I come across, and and you, you always hear about that, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And those those are usually the, the flower people talking about right. that. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and and I find myself talking like that. Um, yeah. Well, it's definitely not a bad sentiment. I mean, that's beautiful. You know, I've oh yeah. Had, moments of that just like you said through meditation when i'm doing it regularly and i'm doing it right i'm much more compassionate towards other people because you do see that that connection that you're talking about mm -hmm. what's what just blows me away is that people just like yourself they report these changes after just a few doses sometimes even just one dose like it's the the neuroplasticity, I guess, of our brains, that all of a sudden it's like just um, it, it just changes off that one dose. You can't do that with any other kind of medication, you know. Right. You got to take and, SSRIs forever. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people, and, and I know I know you've come across this in your research. Um, a lot of people have said that one dose is like 
a lifetime of therapy. Yes. Yeah. With, with, with you know, speaking with a therapist. Um, and, and that was, I, I've been to therapy and I've taken the SSRIs and, um, I've done all the traditional Western, uh, ways of handling depression and anxiety and, um, insecurities and yeah. none of them worked. And I, I, I've just kind of dabbled in mushrooms this year and yeah. I feel like a completely different person. So there is something that like you were saying, connecting the mind, the, the way the mind connects, um, itself with different regions. Yeah. And, and so now there's, uh, there's not a cacophony. Uh, there's a, uh, there's, there's somebody leading this, this whole symphony and, um, a conductor. And, and, and I think that that's really the, um, I think there, there's, there's something to that where it's everything just kind of clicks into place. Hmm. Yeah. And that they, have reported this to help out with all kinds of mental illness, you know, depression, anxiety, uh, even PTSD. It's, um, it's kind of crazy that it isn't more prevalent. You know, there's only what, two States right now where it's legal. Yeah. I, I believe Oregon and, uh, is it Colorado? Colorado. Yeah. 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 To me, that's just bananas. You know, because I looked at the scale of uh, all the drugs, you know, that are, you know, from deadliest to the least. <laughs> and psilocybin's at the very bottom. Like, it's below any other, like you said, so-called drug, any any uh, controlled substance. According to that study, and I can't name the study, but I know the one you're talking about, um, psilocybin is the most, is the safest um, followed by, I think, cannabis. And I think number three is LSD. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, as we were growing up, everybody knows this, it's listening. Um, these were, these were just the, the substances that, that people be totally, they, 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 there's, there's so, it was so much fear around yeah. these chemicals. And in fact, I was watching part of a, a national geographic uh, documentary, uh, on, um, on psilocybin. And, and I, I think it was just part of it. It was just part of it. Yeah. But the whole thing that I was watching was how dangerous this could be. And mm. yeah, the, the, perhaps, yes. Um, it, it could just like anything else, it could turn too much sugar can be dangerous, you know? Absolutely. Uh, and, and, but in a controlled setting, this yeah. is, uh, this is a tool for people who all they need is, is a, a, a small shift in their perspective. Yeah. And, and the fact that, that we as a society are not giving these people and I'm included in that and, and so are you and everybody else. The fact that we're not given this tool uh, without reper uh, without consequences, you yeah. know, if I get caught with it, then I, you know, I, I don't know at this point. I, I, I feel pretty comfortable that I could get out of jail on arguments of all the studies. Um, right. Well, I mean, you are in the uh, great state of California. Yes. So, I mean, you know, people are a little more free thinking there than in the Lone Star State. <laughs> right. We're, but we're, it's crazy. Yeah, we're, we're mean, starting. There's... We're starting to see that that um, that shift now, and yeah. And, and of course it's going to happen with Oregon and, and, uh, and California is, is I think right behind, um, them. I, I think, oh, I think Oakland, actually, the city of Oakland has decriminalized if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? Uh, okay. So I'd have to double check on that, but I'm almost positive that they've de decriminalized it as well. Wow. Well, that's good news because I, when I was doing my research for this, I actually got a little bit depressed just because here it is. This thing is basically the wonder drug, you know, by all accounts. You know, if you were to take it in a setting that's safe and you had a lab experience or even, you know, someone that knew what they were doing, a guide, if you will, um, 
it pretty much would take care of so many of our society's problems. But yet, I think the problem with it is, is that it's too perfect. You know, the drug companies don't want this one-time treatment or two-time treatment that's going to heal everybody. Right. And uh, I, I've started feeling very cynical about that. Do you, do you share the optimistic side or are you more? I'm very uh, cynical. I'm very, uh, I'm very optimistic. Um, I'm very optimistic that, that it's going to, that it's heading in the right direction slowly, but it's, it's just like cannabis, right? There's no reason yeah. for cannabis to be illegal. If you're going to have alcohol legalized, Oh, there is absolutely no reason for cannabis to be um, to be illegal. Um, absolutely, and, and so I, I think we're we're heading in the right direction. Um, but yes, I'm very cynical um, and, and pessimistic when I think about people who are running the country. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or running society as, as a as a whole, you know, and, and you know, in, in a lot of other countries, you know, they're they psychedelics aren't uh, decriminalized. Um, yeah, when you look at the numbers, so this is some numbers: the global antidepressant market, um, fourteen billion. Okay, up to date, they project that in the next you know, 10 years, that it's going to reach close to 16 billion. Actually, that's not even, I'm, I'm, that's way off. It's only by the next three years that it's going to reach the $16 billion mark. And these things are nasty. I mean, you have this ramp up time to get on, you know, on that medication to where it's actually working, so to speak. And then if you ever want to come down off of it, you know, that's, it's a, uh, it's a brutal uh, landing as well. Right. And also you, you were talking about, uh, substances that aren't actually, I mean, if you, if you, if you put them hand in hand with, um, therapy with, with speaking with the psychiatrist, then, mm-hmm. um, it's better, but at the same time, it's what, if you're just taking it, um, and you are, you're pretty much numbing your uh, emotions and yeah that's and what i've found is that you can't numb your emotions you have to walk through them um if you're feeling pain you got to go through the pain if you're feeling yeah um sadness and grief you you have to fully experience that and and that's what um that's what psilocybin has done for me is allowed to me allowed for me to fully experience my emotions oh, and, and not hide from them and be okay with them. And so if I need to cry, I cry, you know, and, and but most yeah. times I'm, I'm extremely happy. Yeah. Um, so you see that the, the industry, the pharmaceutical industry has become so huge over the last, couple decades and yet we seem to have a larger problem than we did when we started oh yeah just look at the suicide rates more people are going on antidepressants than ever and our suicide rate is just going up higher and higher and higher so right and and then you have and then you have these uh, testimonials of people like me um and then people who've actually taken much larger doses uh, and we're talking veterans, you know, people that have seen, uh, that have been in, in wars, you know, have truly seen hell yeah, and, and have not been able to function properly after that and having a single dose or a, a couple doses of, of, uh, of, of a psychedelic and then being able to live their lives as they were intended to. Yeah, being free from from the uh, PTSD that they were carrying around, and it's it's again it's it's one dose and uh, and a lot not of course when we're talking in generalities there when we're saying it's it's this or that I mean everybody's going to have their different reactions but sure yeah yeah but as but a, that's one of the benefits of legalizing it would be that you would have a professional that would be able to guide you. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. What do you think of that? Do you think it would be, are you better served by a practical guide or do you think if it was legal, it would be better to, to go through, you know, the medical, uh, environment? I, I think it would, uh, well, it wouldn't quite be the medical environment that when I, when we talk about going to a clinic, yeah. you know, we think of a doctor's office for the mm -hmm. most part, but if you had, um, professional, um, uh, professionals who practiced, uh, yes, yeah. you know, dealt with psychedelics. And, and this is a very important thing to do. This is why I haven't gone on a full dose is, um, on like five grams is because uh, you need somebody there to kind of walk you through because you can, uh, I, you know, I, what's deep in my psyche, I, I'm, I'm scared to find out. And so that's another part about, um, uh, about psychedelics is that it's not, you're not just going and popping in a couple of beers and kicking back. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, this so isn't much going to numb you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you. It doesn't. Yeah. You're not just going to check out and then be able to, you know, I don't know. It doesn't Netflix and like chill, right? Be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, I think that's, yeah, that's why they call it a trip because you're staring at yourself, the subconscious mind. It's a trip to the subconscious mind. Yes, would you, would you agree? Yeah. And, and I have so much respect for it that I don't play around with it. And, and, and I've heard about people having it at parties and I, I don't quite understand that because it's, yeah I, I don't think it's a party substance. It's, it's something that you, it's a tool that you use to find out who you are because none of us know who we are. Uh, very, oh, very yeah. few of us know really who we are and it allows us to start to peel away um, the layers that we've built up over the years that somebody else put in place early on yes. and that we've taken with us and fortified. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I, I have, I have too much respect for it to, to take it lightly and to just say, well, I'm just going to take five grams here and, and see where it takes me. And going back to your question, I, I think it's very important that, we have when, when we take them, you know, if somebody is, is, is going to go on a trip like that, that they have somebody there with them who knows, right, the, yeah. you know, to, to blindfold, to put the right sort of music on, um, to, mm. to, to create an environment, a safe environment, because it, it from what I hear, it, it is a very scary thing you're going into because again, you're going into all your fears, uh, all your insecurities. And, um, and it's a scary place. Oh yeah, you're peeling back that curtain, you know, yeah. <laughs> that we all sort of do anything that we can not to look exactly. at. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Going back to what I was just talking about, uh, about uh, peeling the layers and um, discovering who you are, it, it it really reminds me of when I was meditating on on a real consistent level, and, and I was going in for 30 minutes to 45 minutes at a time. Um, and this was over a decade ago, probably over 15 years ago. And, and oh, I can really? remember having an episode where, um, I, 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 my eyes were closed and I saw a bright light and my body was, huh. um, at first it was just the vibrant colors like I'd never seen before. And it was basically how I hear about, the, the big trips before you go into the dark place. Um, you start to see all these mm. colors, vibrant colors, beautiful. And then they just turn into a white light. And uh, oh, wow. my body was shaking. And at, at some point it felt like I was coming out of my body. Um, oh, and wow. that, that always stuck with me because it, that was the moment where I, I knew that, okay, something something else is going on here now when i then when i went and started taking the mushrooms um that yeah i, I was you know I, i've been brought back to that moment uh, because it, it, oh, okay. it really um 
I, you know, I, I have that sense of, um, of feeling that, that I'm something other than what I've told myself I am, which is this, this meat bag mm. here that I'm, that I'm walking in, um, that there's, yeah. that there's something underlying, um, uh, something uh, behind the curtain. And, and that's a great analogy. Um, that's kind of pulling the strings. Uh, yeah. Now, since you've started, so you, you took your first dose about a year ago, you said, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So since then, ha has your meditation practice changed at all? Have you noticed any differences there? Uh, you know, I've just started picking up meditation on a more consistent basis. Before it was maybe every once every couple weeks I, I don't know why I, I maybe i didn't feel like i needed it um because meditation yeah. was a grounding practice it, it really brought me back to just peace and i was already mm. feeling that peace um not again not all the time uh, and that's part of the human yeah. experience right we can't experience total bliss 100 percent of the time right and and not even 90 percent of right, the time there's yeah. just there's a lot of tension and that that anxiety that just comes along with being a human being um but i i would say for the most part uh i have been uh grounded and and just in, in a good place mentally and spiritually so i maybe i didn't feel like i needed it um yeah. but then I'd start, I've been thinking lately that how much I love that feeling of, of losing myself in, in, a, in, a, in a moment and, and not, yeah. not having my mind ramble on about nonsense. And if it is, uh, which it does anyway when you meditate, but when it does, you just kind of, you're, there's no attachments to those thoughts. And uh, I, yeah. so I've gotten back into it as, as a, I think what happened was that I felt so much peace. It was like, I don't need that anymore. Right. Well, that kind of makes sense. You know, if you've already got a six pack, you know, you might not want to <laughs> right. work yeah. out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I would be interested to see, you know, how, if it, if there's any differences, you know, in your meditation, because, you know, like yourself, I will just fall off the wagon and not meditate for you know, weeks, uh, and, and I know mm -hmm. I should be doing it, but um, I think mine is different reasons than yours, you know, that, um, you know, you're kind of already content, you know, and I, I'm sort of like, you, <laughs> you need to be meditating, dude, mm -hmm. you know, talking to myself, and for some reason, I don't, I just rather sleep that extra right. 30 minutes, <laughs> you know, and uh, you, you get caught in those ruts. Well, I... I... I think I think maybe to, to answer your question there, I think that um, maybe it has changed. And again, I, I don't know anything, so it's so hard for me to say. But I'm able to uh, kind of slip in to the to that sweet spot, so to speak, um, and, and I'm yeah. able to get to a very quiet place a lot faster and then when the thoughts do come in they mm. they come in and sometimes i chase them but then I'm, I'm very quick now yeah to remember how beautiful the feeling is of not caring what that thought was that just passed by me um to let it go that that is such a incredible experience to to not care about anything and I, and I think that that's the right. soul um, in us. And I think that it's the mind that wants to chase all these things that, that, that come to us. And they're not even our thoughts. Um, that's the funny part about it is that they, it has nothing. Yeah. These thoughts, uh, you always hear about the artist who they say, hey, I can't take credit mm -hmm. for these songs. They're, they're my songs, right, but yeah. I didn't come up with them they just popped up in my head and yeah and i went with it and and, and so that's the funny thing is mm -hmm. that we have these thoughts that that seem to overwhelm us and we think that it's us and you know with meditation and, and definitely with psychedelics you start to realize that you no know, these thoughts these thoughts aren't yours um, 
and, and they're not yours to even chase and they're not even worth chasing. Yeah. And you know, so you can, you can forgive yourself for the, all the insane thoughts that you, um, that, that pop into your head and you can be humble about the, uh, the genius thoughts that, that pop into your head too. Mm. To, to get a break from those thoughts or like you were talking about where you could just slip into meditation much faster now and get into, well, Wayne Dyer called it the gap, the space between your thoughts constantly going off is um, an amazing place to be. I, I don't get there very often. <laughs> um, it just doesn't, um, I, I mean, after if it's like working out, you know, if I'm meditating consistently and doing it right, then I, I experienced that, but um, man, what a what a tr useful th tool this would be for so many people just to experience a little bit of peace. Because, like you said, those thoughts aren't us. You know, it's part of that network, the default mode network mm -hmm. that we've been drilled into, and and given these identities, and that cause our neuroses and our our foibles and all of our weird issues that we have. Yeah. And this, uh, this cuts through all that. It cuts through that identity. That fake, and, and I think uh, where psychedelics persona. comes into play here is that, and again, I had my experience with meditation where I felt like I was coming out of my body. And I've also had an experience uh, when I did the uh, 1.5 uh, grams where I felt like mm -hmm. I was kind of going into a different place. Um and I was seeing things that are very personal to me, but I, I could tell when I saw them, oh, those are my hangups. That's what I'm having problems with. And, and so oh. the, I, I think, you know, me being, seeing it completely sober uh, with meditation and then also with, um, with psychedelic, with psilocybin in, in my case, um, I was able to see there's, there's something they, they run parallel. There, there's something very similar about the two. Um, the difference, of course, with psychedelics is that huh. you're going and it doesn't matter. You're going along for the ride. Whereas meditation, if you wanted to get up after five minutes, you can. Um, with um, with the psychedelics, it's it's uh, six or eight hours. Um, and, and, and yeah. And you're committed. Yeah, you're already on the roller right? coaster. There, there's just no, <laughs> there's no getting off of it, um, and it's not going to stop. And that's, yeah. I think that that's the important thing about it is that you are then once you decide to commit, um, you you are forced to face all your demons, and and all the the beautiful things inside mm. you too. I. Um, but I, I think mainly yeah. it's it's meant for um, to to face those things that you've have you know those things that you have feared uh, for so much of your life. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably you know a lot of different ways to get there where you face those fears and those those issues that we all have. Um, this is just one of them with what I'm seeing very little risk. And, um, man, I really hope they, you know, uh, make this more accessible, make it more legal. This doesn't sound like something that should mm -hmm. be a schedule one and, narcotic. Yeah. And, and at the same time, I, I hope that it doesn't, um, spread like wildfire, like it did in the sixties. Um, Hmm. Not that I think that there's, you know, I, I look back and of course I wasn't around in the sixties, but I, I look back at, you know, at, at the, at what I've seen through videos and, and, and whatnot and it. It looked like a pretty cool time. Um, but at the same, but at the same time, I mean, yeah. I, I, I can't <laughs> see where there's really any downside to it. When you have a bunch of people that are, you know, I'm not going to fight your wars. Hmm. I'm not going to, uh, buy into your establishment. I think that's a very positive thing. And unless you're the establishment, unless, unless you're the establishment, <laughs> but what that does though, <laughs> as it did back then is it, it, it creates a quick, uh, blowback 
and and that and and so I, I think it needs yeah. and and plus I, I just again I respect it to a point where I I, I don't think it belongs in the streets. I, I think it belongs I think it belongs in the bedroom. Yeah. Um or or, or the uh the therapist hmm. couch. Um I, I think it belongs in a quiet setting. Yeah. There's 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 just too many benefits uh for for, uh, for psychedelics um and um yeah i i hope we i hope we soon see um uh, an emergence of throughout the country yeah hopefully i mean you know it's always a race it seems like humanity you know uh between enlightenment and stupidity so uh you know hopefully i'm being way too jaded and the pharmaceutical companies will figure out a business model that will work. Um, and I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong about this and that they actually, you know, get some protocols in place where people can safely go be with a professional and, you know, peer inside their consciousness and, and make, make life more tolerable. Well, man, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. I know uh, this is t part due <laughs> of our conversation, so I really appreciate your patience with me. Uh, I had a, I had a great time speaking with you on on uh, both occasions, and then every time we um, we speak outside of uh, the podcast, it's always a, a pleasure. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening today. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. I, I know I had a, a lot of fun getting together with Jimmy, and I learned a lot as well, just looking into this episode, getting his insight. Um, if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, you can reach out to us at the Coffee Buzz Podcast at gmail.com. You can also peruse the backlog of episodes at thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com. Happy holidays to everyone. I will uh, be talking to you January 4th. That'll be the next episode. Looking forward to that one too. So have a happy new year. Merry Christmas. And uh, check the show notes. I've included my very own Brumley playlist for Christmas. And uh, hope you enjoy that. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you next year.